Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. category whom I call an elite entrepreneur. We're going to talk about becoming a master communicator with Renee Marino. Now, you've heard it all before, I'm sure. When we're born, we all learn to talk and we find that there's many ways to do that. But do we really learn how to communicate in our life and in our schools? I think it's something that we have to learn usually in the school of hard knocks and we learn by trial and error what works, what doesn't. Often, you know, I think we get it wrong and the other side that we're speaking to, they don't understand what we're trying to do. And they're, therefore, thereby, therewith, especially in sales, I wonder how I know that. We can get pushy and all we care about is that the other side hears what we have to say. But it doesn't work too well or in business or in life. And, you know, I've spent years learning and taking classes how to communicate, and I find there's so much more still for me to learn. And why are we doing this? Well, we want our relationships to understand what we're saying, and we want our business prospects and clients to be in good communication with us. That means back and forth, I think. So please listen carefully, and we're going to give you some great pointers on that because everything starts with communication. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. Meet Renee Marino. She's a former Broadway starlet in the film Jersey Boys, directed by Clint Eastwood. She's now a professional communication coach and keynote speaker. How's that for an intro? I'll let her tell you the rest. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hi, Tony. I'm so happy to be here. Renee, we're all looking forward to learning more about how to be a master communicator. As you heard in the intro, some of us think we know it all. And I think some of us don't know that we need to know more about it. But let's kind of let's take it from the top, shall we? And let's, uh, let's find out more about you and tell us what's your backstory? Well, Tony, I grew up in an Italian American family where you could often find us sitting around the kitchen table, talking, laughing, sometimes arguing, eating, but nonetheless communicating. And I realize now in hindsight that that was what shaped me to become someone who is obsessed and so passionate about communication and understanding why people communicate in the way that they do. From the time I was a little girl, my biggest dream was to perform on Broadway and all throughout my younger years, I trained in dance and singing and acting. And as the years went on, I toured all around the country and beyond on several national Broadway tours. And in 2010, I reached my Broadway dream uh, when I was cast in the revival actually, which it's funny because it's out now on film, but it was the 2010 revival of West Side Story. And it truly was a dream come true. And when I think about it, even being a performer was a representation of my love of communication from such a 
beautiful medium of the stage and being able to connect with those audience members through the story that I was telling with my body, with my voice, with my energy. And after being on Broadway for many years, I had the honor of playing the role of Mary Delgado, as you said, in Clint Eastwood's Jersey Boys film. And the great, great part about that situation is not just that I had my big break, as we would call it, in this major motion picture, but the the bigger reason behind it is that it happened all because of my ability to clearly and effectively communicate. I'm going to go into that story um, here because it really is a powerful and and very, very incredible <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we stop? <laughs> yes, I we heard can. a noise. I'm, please pause. I'm so sorry. I heard something, and I didn't know if you were able to hear it. And I was like, "Uh oh." So I'm so sorry. That that happens to me sometimes. Yeah. Something goes by, and I go, "Uh oh," and it's just it's distracting. Even though we don't know that the microphone picked it up, it's absolutely, okay. absolutely. So, editor, we- that's two times we're gonna give you just uh, <laughs> figure it out. Do your best. Bring, bring her back in in just a moment. And may I say really fast while we're off air in a way or off camera, uh, uh, five to 10 minutes per answer is really good because, uh, you know, some speakers will just talk forever. Not that you would, but uh, yeah. five to 10 minute answers are really good. Uh, I just thought I'd mention it because I don't think I mentioned it before. Anyway, pause for a silence and jump in when you want. Tony, in 2013, I was performing in Jersey Boys on Broadway, playing the role of Mary Delgado, living my best life, doing eight shows a week. And one Sunday matinee, I was on stage and staring back at me from 10 rows was the legend himself, Clint Eastwood. He was going to be directing the film. And a few weeks later, they began calling many cast members in from our audition from um, our cast to audition for the various roles. And they were looking for the role of Mary Delgado. Even though my agent and I tried to get an appointment for that role, for some reason, they would not give it to me, even though I was playing the role at the highest level that you possibly could on Broadway. Well, instead they gave me an audition for one of the smaller roles. One of the angels who sings my boyfriend's back. I was in the audition room that day and the casting director and I are speaking and he says to me, Renee, would you like to sing the song first or read the scene? And at that moment, Tony, I heard this little voice within say to me, Renee, you have to do this. It feels too right. And at that moment, before I was even conscious of what I was going to say, I looked at the casting director and said, you know, Jeff, I was really hoping to come in and read for the role of Mary Delgado. And he looked at me and he said, I was just thinking the same thing. And I was like, okay, amazing. I did the audition that day and I left there feeling so grateful because I simply gained the chance. I gained the opportunity to even read for this role. A few weeks later, I get a call from my agent. You're Mary Delgado in the movie. Clint Eastwood loves you. And I was like, it's just the most surreal moment of my life. I get to, to the first day of filming, and just to let you know, I had never been on a film set before. I've never been on, I had never been on a TV show. So for me, this was truly like jumping off of a cliff. I was in the shuttle on my way to that first location that first day. And again, I heard that quiet voice within say to me, Renee, you can do this. 
trust in your talent and leap. Clint Eastwood hired you for a reason. And I got out of the shuttle and I walked in and everyone welcomed me. And Clint Eastwood came up, walked up to my right side and said, you know, I went around to all the different casts, but nobody was in your class. And then you came in and put yourself on tape and it was the icing on the cake. Every day that I would film from that point on, Clint and I would sit together, we would eat lunch, and I would just pick his brain and absorb everything I could like a sponge. A month into filming, Clint, the producer of the film, and myself were eating lunch, and they start talking about how Clint knew he wanted me for the role when he saw me perform on Broadway. And at that moment, I dropped my fork and I said, do you guys want to hear a funny story? I couldn't even get an audition for the role of Mary Delgado. The only reason I got to read for the role is because I opened up my big mouth in the room and asked. And the two of them look at each other and they said, wait a minute, what do you mean? We requested you. We said specifically, we want the girl from Broadway who plays the role to come in an audition. I came to find out that day that there was a middle person casting associate juggling a few films at once and dropped the ball on having me come in for the role. And I love this story so, so deeply, Tony, because it is such a testament to how vital, honest, and clear communication is to our lives. If I did not have the ability to clearly and honestly speak up in that room that day, I could have missed my once in a lifetime opportunity. Renee, I absolutely love that story. It is great. And we're going to go into communication and how to hear that and how to answer that because it's amazing. But right now at this point, you're you're on Broadway, you're in the film, you're in the movies, you're what some people call in the big time. And yet you you went down this path of being a communications coach. I want to kind of go, well, why that? You could be doing anything or nothing. You could you could pick your own life, your own dream right now at this point when you're in that stage. But you wanted to go down this path. So I want to understand why did you do that? What's this vision that took you that way? Great, great question, Tony. After I spent some years in Los Angeles, after doing the film, I then did a couple of TV shows, commercials. I wrote and performed my one woman show, which was really exciting. And after about three and a half years, my husband and I decided that we were ready to come back to the East Coast. We wanted to purchase a home. All of our family is here. And I also missed my Broadway community. So we drove from Los Angeles to New Jersey and I auditioned. I auditioned as if I were starting out fresh. I had no agent, no one. And I said, I'm going to start fresh. And one of the first auditions I went on was for Pretty Woman, the musical. They were doing a final workshop of the show and then it was coming to Broadway and I booked it. So I made my, my Broadway comeback with Pretty Woman, the musical. And during that time, I began writing my book, which is now my book that we're going to talk about becoming a master communicator. I was in the dressing room with the girls one day and we were having conversations about who was dating this person and what was going on here. And I asked a question that in my mind was such a simple baseline question. A girlfriend of mine was saying that she was really having a wonderful time dating this man and she really liked him, but she didn't know where it was going. And I said, 
well, did you talk about it? Thinking the answer is going to be, of, of course I did. And the response was, oh no, I, I don't want to rock the boat. I just, I don't want to bring it up. And in that moment, Tony, I said to myself, Oof, this is a response that I've heard many other times. There's a book in this. And I sat down one day and I, I began writing. Writing a book was one of my biggest goals as well, aside from Broadway. And I had always written children's books for my nieces and nephews. I, I do personalized children's books. But this for me was like, okay, it's time. I didn't know how to go about it. So for all of you who are wanting to start that project or wanting to start that business, but you feel scared, you don't know the first step, what I want to encourage you to do is to take the first step. Imperfectly, I call it imperfect action, even if you're afraid, even if you're scared. And that's what I did. I sat down at my table and I simply began writing. And at that point, I didn't know exactly what about communication it was going to be, because as we all know, communication is very broad, very general. And then I had a situation where I was out to dinner with a dear friend of mine. We were catching up and next to us sat a family of five, two parents, a teenage son and two young children. And the entire meal, none of them spoke to one another. They all had their heads down in a digital device and it broke my heart. As I said, coming from a family where that time together at the kitchen table, when we're eating, that is a time of connection, a time of, of getting in those deep conversations. And it was so sad for me to see this beautiful family missing out on all these moments of connection. And that's when the light bulb went off when I said, this is a problem that I need to shed light on. We are in this world of advanced technology and it's only going to be getting more advanced. So if we don't start to learn how to consciously connect and how to consciously pick up our phones when we need to, then we're going to run into a lot of problems in our relationships, in our businesses. And that is the theme of my book, balancing new school technology with old school simplicity. Renee, for a long time, I've lived in a tourist area in Hollywood and Los Angeles, in Anaheim, by Disneyland, and so on and so forth. And I constantly see tourists. You can tell they're tourists from all over the world. And they'll be sitting around and every single one of them, I mean, families of five or six or whatever, and they're all on their phone. And it's just like, you're in this whole new environment and you're not even talking about the experiences that you had today or what Disneyland was like or any place that you went to, or, you know, I can name tourist attractions all day long and it's just, no, they're on their phone. It's like, it's just so odd. And I know we're going to go into that. So I just thought I'd mention that because I see that and I see you, that you, you're writing this book and you're going, okay, let's kind of work on this. And I, I really, really like that. But now I'm going to add one more thing to that question. And that is, why do you do it? Because I feel, I see this, I feel this passion. Do I feel, I see it. I feel it. I know there's this, <laughs> you want to do it. There's this passion. It's like, so I want to ask you, what's the purpose? Why do you, why do you want to help other people do this and teach them? Because in my own life, my highest of highs and my lowest of lows have all been tied to communication. My highest of highs, when communication was really good and clear and evident and my lowest of lows when communication was poor and ineffective and indirect. And if I could help others from, from feeling the pain and the struggle and the unnecessary stress 
from ineffective communication. Oh, that's part of my life's work. And to go back to how I became a communication coach, as I was writing this book during performing on Broadway, I truly was doing eight shows a week on Broadway. And I would be writing in between numbers, the amazing crew of pretty woman, the musical, they would allow me to use their office in between numbers. And I'd be in my wig, my costume, my five inch heels, writing, just writing or editing. And when that show closed in 2019, I knew in my spirit that I was ready for a chapter change. And I knew that it needed to be tied to communication. This is something, as I said, from a little girl, I loved understanding why people communicated in the way they do. I wrote a song called Communicate back in 2008. Why can't you just communicate? So obviously this has been on my mind and heart. And when that Broadway show closed, I said to myself, I know in my soul that Part of my mission in this life is to utilize all of my God-given gifts. And I believe that part of those gifts is in coaching, is in helping people to realize their own potential and realize that when they make communication a priority in their lives, they become limitless. So I, I went with my, with my gut instincts and I took a course, a wonderful course from Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and that's when I became a coach. That was the start of 2020, right before the pandemic. So the timing of it was pretty crazy. And then it, it ended up being exactly what it was meant to because Broadway shut down, everything was shut down. And here I was coaching behind a computer, which was all new for me, but nonetheless, coaching and helping people to communicate effectively. We're talking about becoming a master communicator with Renee Marino, and you can find her at ReneeMarino.com, and I'll spell that. Renee can be spelled a couple different ways. This one is R-E-N-E-E-M-A-R-I-N-O.com, and I'm going to issue a little challenge, or should I say a big challenge to you. It is literally one of the best websites I have ever seen. It oh. is so... She doesn't know this. I, we, we, I never told her. I am so amazed by that website and the colors and the words and how she communicates what she does. It is literally one of the best. And I challenge you if you have a better site that you think there's great. Now, my wife buys shampoos and stuff from another product site, which I think is the Knee Plus Ultra. It is the most beautiful site I've ever seen. So, so Renee's is one of the best. She doesn't sell shampoos or beauty products <laughs> just yet, but it's really amazing. So the challenge is if you have a site that you think is better, I'd like to see it. Tell me in the show notes or tweet me at Tony D-U-R-S-O because I'd like to know because I, um, I really, because I think that a, a website is an extension of us and it communicates what we want to communicate. So check it out. There's a challenge. And now... Renee, we're going to drive down, or should I say drill down a little bit more into your vision path and kind of go over this. And I think where I want to start is it's just one word. So let's start maybe with the definition. How do we define the word communication? Communication. Oh, that's a great question. And it's, it's so simple yet complex, but communication is how we connect with one another, how we connect in our relationships, how we connect as human beings. 
it is so simple yet so complex. And my goal, especially with this book, is to offer these simple and easy to implement tools and practices so that we can master that communication in our lives. And when we say communication, meaning how we connect with one another, with advanced technology, we have more vessels and outlets to communicate than ever before. And it's such a gift, but it's kind of a double-edged sword because on the other end of that, it makes it really easy and convenient for us to hide within those channels. Back in the day when we didn't have social media platforms and there were only a few ways to reach one another, i.e. the telephone or a handwritten letter or face-to-face, that was it, right? That was the only way that we could connect with one another. But nowadays, between direct message on social media, WhatsApp, Zoom, phone call, FaceTime, I mean, all of the different outlets, it can become really easy and tempting to be lazy in our communication. I'm thinking with that, very interesting. And you know, it is just one word and there seems to be so much to it that I'm gonna try to ask you questions about it, though it's gonna sound almost like I'm talking about the same thing while we're talking about communication. So let me clarify this. When we have a diamond, a diamond shines, it has these flat surfaces called a facet. When you polish it and all these other little facets, you get this shiny stone, which is the diamond. And I think it's the same way with communication. There's multiple parts to it. You wrote a whole book, you have classes and courses, you have videos on it, there's so much. So I will ask you a couple things and I'll try not to ask something you've already answered, but if so, just give more because it almost seems like the same thing. We're just looking at it from a different point of view. So the first thing I wanna ask probably to get centered is what is our communication home? Our communication home is the style of communication that we feel most comfortable with, i.e., If you are someone who often avoids, or you're someone who listens more than shares, or you are someone who jumps to argument right away, those would be your go-to communication styles, which make up your home. And this is so important for us to understand because it gives us a really strong starting point with which to develop other styles. Let me give you a great example. My most natural, comfortable way of communicating is direct verbal interaction. If you asked me, Tony, Renee, you and I are going to communicate. What is your communication style of preference? I would say, can we meet in person, go to a cafe, grab a coffee? That's my favorite because I can see you. I can feel your energy. I can see your body language. I can hear your voice. And that gives the most cues as to how you're feeling and and the connection that we are embodying. Now, that doesn't mean that direct verbal interaction is always the best style to use for every situation. Because I know that direct verbal interaction is my most natural way of communicating, now I can start to experience other styles, i.e. when I'm in an interview like this, learning to sit back and listen and I call it completely listening, as opposed to wanting to jump in every time you say something. 
right? As a direct verbal interactor, it might be easy for me to do that because it's natural because I always have something to say and I have all these ideas that I want to share. But to now realize, okay, in this circumstance, it's going to be really great to listen and then share once the floor is open. I like that. Very good. And you know, there's a little bit of Italian in there with the Italians just always want to interject. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's very, if you're Italian, it's very tough to podcast because you're always going to be interrupting the guests. So I'm just, I'm just being a little silly, but yes, you have to learn how to communicate and give the other person their time due. All right. Well, one thing about communication is, and you mentioned this in your book, the qualities of self-confidence, having good relationships as well as a really good or even an extraordinary career. And you say good communication helps with those. So those are three areas I've cast off. How does this provide qualities in those areas? Mm. As you said, when this interview began, everything starts with communication. And when we learn to master this skill, we become limitless. I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners who, who tune into this, this wonderful show. And I ask you all to think of your business, think of what you do on a daily basis. And I dare you to find a facet of it that is not tied to communication, whether it is connecting with your team, whether it's connecting with your potential clients or customers, everything begins with communication. And when we start to make this a priority in our lives and we learn how to reflect within ourselves to say, when I just communicated with Tony, did I take time to listen to what he had to say? Did I take the time to really pick up on commonalities that he and I may have? Did I do that? Okay. And being able to become aware, to become reflective, allows you to become a better, a greater communicator. Because now the next time, if you felt like you didn't listen as well as you could, the next time you're going to realize, okay, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to take some deep breaths and I'm going to close out all distractions. I'm going to going to become distractible proof and I'm going to completely listen to what Tony says. So whether it is a personal relationship for my married couples out there, I know in my marriage, communication has been our greatest asset, our greatest asset, because the truth is we're always going to run into some resistance. There are going to be obstacles that we face, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friendship, whether it's family. And if we don't know how to gauge those obstacles. And we don't find that confidence within and that ability to speak up and speak from the heart. That is when the problems get exacerbated. And the same holds true for our businesses. So really, even though communication, which is why I said before, it's so simple yet so complex, it can become complex when we try to run away when we try to take the easy way out, when we, instead of having the direct conversation, we send a text or we send a thoughtless email. This is when things become complex. This is when you see situations arise where family members haven't spoken to each other for years, or there's problems with a coworker that you feel like came out of nowhere, but really they were just building and building and building because there were 
issues happening that no one was addressing. Very, very good points. And while you're saying this, I'm thinking one of the chapters in your book or somewhere in your book, you talk about the key, the, not a key, but the key to making genuine connections in life and business and relationships. And while you were just giving me that answer, I'm thinking, is this the key? Maybe I should just ask her, what's <laughs> the key? <laughs> the key to all communication is first that communication with yourself, the conversation that you're having within. The communication within ourselves sets the framework for all external communication. All the relationships that we have outside of ourselves begins with us. And I see this so often with my clients, with friends, with, with family members. We don't take enough time to check in with how we're feeling, what's going on in our lives, slowing down, taking the time to write about our feelings. I give a great practice to all of my clients that is simply after you wake up in the morning, instead of jumping right to pick up your phone, which so many of us do, we check right out of our lives and check into other lives by scrolling on social media or sending out an email or getting right into work mode instead of doing that. Leaving that phone off for about the first hour you're awake, going to the bathroom, doing what you have to do, coming back and simply asking yourself this one very easy question, how am I feeling? And taking five to 10 minutes to write about it. Why is this so important? Because what it does is it takes all of the thoughts and feelings that live in our subconscious mind, the ones we don't often address or even pay attention to, and it brings those thoughts and feelings into our conscious mind through our hand and onto the page. And after we're finished writing, it's wonderful to look back as if it's a mirror and see what's really going on within. Sometimes you'll be so surprised to experience what you find and you'll be like, oh, wow, I, I thought I was over that argument with my coworker, but apparently I'm not because I just wrote about it. And this simple practice, even though it might sound, could sound silly and, and too good to be true, the fact is you have taken the time to get in communication with yourself before anyone else. And what that does is that allows you to ground yourself in your day before reaching out to anyone else, before going about the chaos and, and all of the tasks that you have to do, you've taken the time to check in with you. Then when you connect with others, you're coming from a place of more groundedness, of more peace, because there's clarity there. There's clarity around how you really feel. I want to ask you this, Tony, have you ever had a day where maybe you woke up and you're, you're a little bit frazzled and you just start going about your day and you interact with someone and you just feel short tempered and you're, you're very frustrated and you're not even conscious as to why has that ever happened to you? It it's happened in the past when you, when you, when you build a good sustainable business and it's growing and growing, I would say that it happens less and less. And I really have to think about, have I even done that this year? Because when things are going well, it's, it's like going on the freeway at doing what 60 miles an hour. It doesn't take much more to go 65 or 70 or whatever. So when things are going well, it, for me, it, it mushrooms, if that's the right way to say it, and it just gets better and better. But 
full disclosure, I'm Italian. Yes, it's yeah. happened. <laughs> how, <laughs> yes. How could it not, right? Exactly. And for all of us, for all of us, but I can assure you that once you start a practice of getting in conversation with you and and getting clarity on what you're feeling within, it's going to make your day go so much better. Not that you're not going to face problems, it's life, right? But you're going to be able to handle them better because you have connected first with you before you've connected with anyone else. So that is definitely, definitely of paramount importance. I can see that for a lot of people to not touch that cell phone for an hour mm. before you get up. Do you realize the words that just came out of your mouth? That's like an hour. That's tough. Yes. That's yes. tough. It for me, is. My routine is make that cup of coffee, which my wife usually makes. I thank God for the coffee and mm. it's the most delicious coffee ever. And then I chat with my wife and then in about 10, 15 minutes, I got to turn that cell phone on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not alone. This is most of us, most of us. And in doing so much research for the book, I found so many studies that showed that our minds and our attention spans have waned. Our minds have sped up because we are so used to task switching. The truth is there's no such thing as multitasking, it's task switching. And because of the internet and social media, we are so used to within seconds, right? Going from one tab to another, talking to you and then I get a notification and boom, I check out. And our minds have sped up due to advanced technology. And because of that, we look for it. We, we look for that dopamine hit of a notification. Our bodies now have become conditioned to wait for the notification to go off, to wait for that email to come in. So when we wake up, absolutely, Tony, if we don't get in control of it first and we don't develop this habit to develop a pattern, a positive pattern of leaving that phone aside for the first hour, then it absolutely will take that control over us because that's what it's meant to do. And as I said before, it's a gift. I mean, we are able to truly run the world through our smartphones. But at the same time, we cannot forget that we are human beings living in a real world. We don't want to constantly be in that virtual world, be living from behind a screen. There's a beautiful world, beautiful life right in front of our eyes. And when we miss out on that, we're missing out on the beautiful moments of life. You know, and I, I'm not going to argue with that, but the next question almost seems like a juxtaposition it's at, a, at a cross with it, at a, at a block. We all want to become really good in our business. We're mm -hmm. business people. We, we're entrepreneurs. We're startups. We, some of us have a career and we're climbing up. We want to, we want to be the CEO. We want to be in charge, the boss, the big kingpin, and we want people to listen to us not us listen to them. We want to be, you know, this is perhaps the old school, a little bit of how we yes. grew up. And so we're, we're not, we're at, at ends. Is that the right way or at odds with communicating? Cause that's back and forth yet. We want to be the leader. We want to say, go do this now and have everyone say yes, sir. And run off and do it. So it almost seems like, well, how do we do this and still be a good communicator? Mm. Yeah. It does seem like a juxtaposition, but it actually is not at all. The best leaders lead by being and not by telling. 
And some of the best leaders that I have been in the presence of and that I've worked with are the ones who practice this. They live it, which makes me as the one following them under their leadership. It makes me want to practice in the same way. What do I mean by that? If you are the leader of your company, as I said, you're an entrepreneur, you are running the show. If you are spreading yourself thin and you are like many entrepreneurs, and I understand because I am one myself, feeling like you're ending the day exhausted and you're being pulled in a million and seven directions, there's no way that you can be as effective as if you have what I call focused action and intention in one thing. Think about this, Michelangelo, when he did the David, right? If you have been lucky enough to go to Florence and see the David at the Academia Museum, it is mind blowing. And when my husband and I went a few years back as I was writing the book, I can remember turning the corner and seeing it for the first time and literally being stopped in my tracks. Because the attention to detail in every fabric piece of that statue is just unbelievable. There is so much detail. You feel as though David can unfreeze from that position and walk around the world. That's how real it appears. And in the book, in chapter four, I I talk about imagining if Michelangelo were creating the David in today's time, whereas he's using that. He's chiseling away. He's getting a notification in his back pocket with a smartphone, with someone contacting him on Instagram, and then the phone ringing while he's watching the news as he's, do you think that he would have been as effective as he was back when he created this? I'm sure he could have done it and there's no way to judge, but I believe that what makes this statue so lifelike and so outstanding is the attention to detail that was able to be created because of his focused action. And as a leader, when you turn off all of the distractions and you dedicate time in your day, this hour is for this specific thing, and you are not looking to be in 12 places at once and send emails and call up the people on your team, but you are focusing in each moment consciously, that is when the effectiveness happens. And I have um, a mentor by the name of Amelia Antonetti. She's a world-renowned human behaviorist. And she has taught me that to be as successful as you possibly can be, 50% of your energy needs to be in the thinking 25% needs to be in the planning and 25% needs to be in the action. And where many of us get it wrong, especially because our minds are so accelerated, we're always ready to go and jump and fight. We jump right to the action before we've taken the time to sit and think and plan. And going back to what I talked about, having that conversation with yourself, starting that day in the thinking, as opposed to the doing, that is when we are most effective. You know, as you're talking about the, the David, uh, I believe it's called, we call it the David. (laughs) It is so perfect. 
And I, I, everyone, you, you, you need to go to, uh, you need to go to Italy and see it. There's yes. Just no, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. To Fiorenza, mm-hmm. which is Florence, because there's no such thing as Florence. If you look on the Italian maps, it's Fiorenza. Fiorenza. When I look at it, every time I look at it and study it, it is so perfect. And, and I'm talking about his focus and his communication skill and ability. But when you go down to the feet, and I do this every time I see it, it's not fully completed in a way. It's not blasphemy here because he has to make it so it will still stand. So uh, along the edges, along parts of the toes and so forth, it's not fully cut in, refined and polished. And here we are centuries later however many years it is, and it's still standing perfectly because he knew he could only go so far in making that perfect down at the base, but the rest is just absolutely machiavelli. It's just oh, perfect. Ah, oh, perfection. It is yes. Thinking about it, I, I get chills just thinking about it because I, I feel such pride that he was a human being just like you and I, which means that we're capable of that as well. And I can only speak for myself. And this is why... I wrote this book and this is why I believe so deeply in everything that I'm sharing because I live it, right? I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur in this day and age and I'm constantly on my phone and on the computer. And I know that from experience, when I consciously take the time to disconnect, when I wrote the book, oh my goodness, if I didn't take that focused action time, if I didn't use what I called my one hour airplane mode, where I put the phone on airplane mode for an hour so I could write, I would never have finished my book. Never. Absolutely no way. Because we are being pulled in a million directions. For everyone listening, how many times has this happened to you? And I can't hear you, but I know that you're agreeing when you're online and you're going to research whatever it may be. It could be sushi, uh, sushi restaurant so you can order dinner. Next thing you know, it's 45 minutes. You are on some other site. You're looking at, at flights for a vacation you're not even taking. And you realize that you still haven't ordered anything for dinner. <laughs> and that's the way it's designed. We are meant to see those ads pop up, which take our focus away, which bring us down another road. And before we know it, we're like, oh my goodness, what was I doing? Where's my dinner? Yes, where's my dinner? I, my, my husband's screaming like, where's the sushi? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I just booked a flight to Bora Bora and we're not even going, <laughs> right? Yeah, but so, I bought this really cool thing. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> but especially if for our businesses and for those that we are leading, it is so key that we begin to consciously connect because it's, it's a habit just like anything else. The easier it becomes to turn off the distractions and to hone in on our work, the more we do it. And I I read an incredible book, again, part of my research, The Distracted Mind, Adam Ghazali and Dr. Larry Rosen, incredible, incredible authors and and research psychologists, and they, they have so much information in this space of technology and what it has done to our brains. And the truth is it has changed our brains and it's great in one way because we are just going with the times we're evolving. But at the same time, we're finding that as human beings, it's becoming more of an obstacle to stay focused. And when it comes to communicating and being in conversations 
this becomes a real problem. I ask you all, how often when you're in a conversation, whether it is virtual in a Zoom meeting or in person or even on the phone, how often do you catch yourself completely tuning out because you have the secondary conversation in your head, thinking about something else, or the phone has, has sent you a notification which changes your focus, and before you know it, you don't even understand what the conversation's about. I'm going to raise my hand. It has happened a million times, which is why I can speak on this. It's as if we've become like Pavlov's dogs who were conditioned to salivate when they heard the bell. We have become conditioned to check out of what we're doing the minute we hear a notification. And when it comes to being in an important meeting or speaking with our coworkers or or wanting to connect effectively with our teams, it becomes much harder because we have conditioned ourselves to be distracted. So a way to combat this for, for everyone listening is very simply, when you're in a conversation, if it is virtual, close out all the other tabs, put your phone face down, or really even, even put it away. Don't even have it in, in your line of sight. Place your feet, if you're sitting down, place your feet on the ground and your butt in the chair as if they are roots in the ground. So you feel sturdy, you feel strong. And as you are listening in the conversation, take nice deep belly breaths, not shallow breaths, but deep belly breaths. What this does is it calms down your nervous system and helps you to focus so you can listen completely. And as the other person is speaking, think about taking that step back. Think about being the listener and not so much the sharer. And by doing that, it allows you to pick up on commonalities that you may have with the other person. Why is this powerful, especially in business, in sales? Because as human beings, we connect on a deeper level when we realize that we have similarities. Those similarities could be as simple as Tony and I both being Italian. Oh my goodness, where's your family from? My family's from here. Boom, a connection is made. And if you are in the sales space, real estate, finance, whatever it may be, when you connect with a potential client in that way, whew, that sets you off on a beautiful journey. Because now that person doesn't think you're just trying to quote unquote sell them. You're connecting with them first. And you're showing them that I'm just a person like you. So when we can completely listen, as I call it, it's a two-way gift. You give the other person the gift of an open platform to be heard, and you yourself gain the gift of potentially learning a new perspective, realizing that you're more alike than different, and understanding something that previously you didn't know. What a beautiful, beautiful gift for the both of you. And in this day and age of fast minds, as we call it, it's very easy to tune out, to tune out and check out. And I believe that in order to be a master communicator, we must, must learn how to completely listen. Renee, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about distractions and you've answered quite a bit and talked about it. And I still have more and I want to drill a little bit more into this distraction. I see it. I see people having a meal at, at, at a restaurant and they're, they're on their phone or you hear that ding and they pick up their phone. There's a person, a live living 
being in front of them. But that little that phone, little phone goes ding, and they just pick it up, and they're they go into this other world. And you've mentioned how to deal with it, but I want to learn more. I want to talk more about it because we are bombarded. You know, there's a reason some websites have all these lights and things going on. You know, way back when I don't I don't gamble, but way back when when I've visited Las Vegas, let's call it that way, and you walk through to the concierge, you cannot walk from the entrance to the concierge at any place in Las Vegas without five hundred sixty-five thousand bells and bus and buzzers and lights and everything going off, distracting you so that you put money in the slots or play. And it's that way with some websites. I think some websites, uh, as you're saying, you want to buy sushi and next thing you know, you're buying a purse, you know, or, yes. or you're traveling somewhere. And it's it's so distracting. We need a little bit more. We need more help, Renee. How, how, do, we, how do we deal with that? It is practice. Practice practice, practice, practice makes progress. And it's not just practicing, but perfectly practicing. One of my mentors, my dance teacher growing up, she always said this to me and it, it struck such a chord deep within me. She would say, don't just practice, but practice perfectly. And when I say practice perfectly, I don't mean without mistakes. I mean, putting all of your intention and your heart and your soul into the practice that you are engaging in. And it starts from the beginning of your day. Again, this is why I will reiterate this, my friends, and I hope you are writing this down and highlighting it and bolding it. Step one is getting clear within yourself about how you're feeling and first having the conversation with you. Because when you're having that conversation with you, it's just you and you. There is no outside distraction. There is no digital device pulling you away. And even if you have the temptation, which you will, because we are conditioned, right? We are conditioned to wait for that notification, to wait to go for that, the phone, I have to pick it up, I have to pick it up. But by perfectly practicing, and saying, I made a choice for myself. If I'm going to be the most effective and powerful leader I can be, if I am going to inspire those who work for and with me, I must do this. Because if I don't start to practice this now, what's going to happen in another five years when technology just gets more advanced? right? My mind's really going to be all over the place. So it's baby steps. Starting the day with you and you alone. When you engage in a certain task for work, i.e. you're writing content or you're sending emails, use the timer. Use the timer on your phone and say, okay, for these next 30 minutes, that's it. This is all I'm doing. And to prove that, I'm going to turn my phone on airplane mode. I'm going to close out every tab, shut my door, and it's only 30 minutes. It's only 30 minutes. And once you get past that 30 minutes and you realize how much you've gotten done, it's going to be like you yearn for more of that. And I know this because in writing my book, it was the same process. There were times that I would sit down to write before I engaged in this practice I'm sharing with you. I would sit down to write and Tony, before I knew it, I was doing the exact thing I was writing about. I'd be sitting there scrolling on Instagram, 
I'd be like ordering shoes and I'd say to myself, Renee, what are you doing? And that's when I finally got to that point. I said, I must, I must put a practice, a system in place for myself to get me to that next level. Because again, the world that we are living in isn't, isn't helping us to become less distracted. It's, it's helping us to become more. So we must consciously practice in this way. Start small. When you are engaging in a certain task, look, you and I right now, we are doing this show together. You have everything closed out besides this conversation. You and I, you're doing it, Tony. Woohoo. Good job. But that's a perfect example, right? You could very easily look away and answer a text, but I know that you told me your phone is off. It's away. Everything else is closed out. You are giving us focused intention. And the more you do that with each part of your day, the easier it becomes. And another great addition to this is rewarding yourself after. When I would finish that hour of writing, I would turn my phone back on, look at my text messages, grab a snack, take a 30-minute break, and it felt great because I knew that I accomplished what I needed to, and in another hour, I was going to go back and do it again. But reward yourself. That's a really great way to, to make sure that you keep going along the path. That's true. When, when I'm done with my interviews, my reward is a really nice, delicious cup of coffee. Probably my last cup of coffee for the day, but that's my reward. I can't wait. And it's coming. And yes, it's going to happen coming. in just a few moments. Yes. But I wanted to say something, and I can only I can do this because I'm Italian. Otherwise, forget it. I, it's just a little silly. Most writers, they go to six-week retreats, and that's why, so that they're not distracted and they write. Well, when my wife, one weekend, she went to her mom's for, two, for the weekend, and I wrote my first book in the entire week. In the, wow. in the entire weekend. So it can happen just that fast. So when you're not distracted, not that there's anything wrong, we've been together almost 30 years now, but you just want everything out of the way so that there's no, nothing else interfering. And then just boom, just pour it on. And you'd be surprised how fast you can accomplish anything. Yes. All right. There's my silly little story. Once again, we talked about becoming a master communicator with Renee Marino. And you can find her again at ReneeMarino.com. And don't forget my challenge. What was the challenge? You're going to have to play this back and listen because I want to hear what you think about it. All right, Renee, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I loved it. We, I think we just dabbled on the top of the, the world of learning how to communicate, but it was great. And I hope people check out what you have so that they can learn more about it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tony. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took her vision to reality. I am so excited about this one. We talked about becoming a master communicator with Renee Marino. I love her story. Can you believe that? She would not have had the part as the lead in the movie unless she asked for it. And she didn't even know she was originally picked for it. That's communication. And Renee defined communication and told us what is our communication home. And we talked about so many facets and parts of it. We talked about the qualities of self-confidence, fulfilling relationships, and having an extraordinary career. We talked about the key to making genuine connections in our life and business and how to become a powerful leader. We talked about focusing in our communication, dealing with distractions, and so much more. So let me ask you, 
what resonated the most with you. Let us know. And I appreciate to your listening, and I look forward to your tuning in again next week. And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. And also, share this with a few friends to help them too. I know I say that all the time, but you know, hey, it's friends helping friends. That's what it's all about. And we help each other do better in life, business, and so forth. All right. Use this, and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. Remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Erso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Erso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.